Yeah, glory to God. I said glory to God. Y'all help me out here now. Uh, we want to welcome everyone that's joined us by live stream this morning. We're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord today. I believe the Lord's going to uh, help us with a word that he's given me. Uh, he actually gave it to me last week. Uh, how many of you remember last week's message? What's the most important thing in your life? Somebody said it. Relationship. Praise God. Amen. The most important thing in your life is your relationship with the Lord God Almighty. So I want to continue this morning uh, in that area. If you would, turn back to Genesis chapter 2. That's our foundation scripture for this, uh, for this teaching. But I want to continue this morning uh, on the importance of having a close relationship with your Heavenly Father. And then I'm going to talk to you about a few things that uh, we can do in our lives that will help us develop that relationship with the Father. How many of you know that uh, your relationship with the Father is not automatic? Amen. It's not. You get saved. Amen. But anything after that, you got to work for it. But it's not hard work. Jesus said, come unto me because my, my, uh, my yoke is light. Amen. There's, it's never a burden to get to know your heavenly Father. Praise God. Uh, one of the greatest privileges God has ever given or offered to man is the opportunity to, to fellowship with him. And yet, I've seen in my, in, in my years in the ministry, and I'm talking about Christians, that very few take the opportunity to develop that relationship with him. There's nothing that you can accomplish in this life, now listen to me, that can be more rewarding than your fellowship with your father. Amen. I was talking to my mother on the way to church this morning, and it, it, it's what she was describing to me. Uh, she's 88 years young, but yet she still gets up every morning giving glory to God for the breath she breathes, yeah. for, the, for the life she has. Amen. Never complaining about the burden that may be hitting her. And the doctors have diagnosed her with COVID and everything. Uh, not COVID, but uh, uh, what's that? Uh, COPD. Uh, excuse me, Mom. She's going to be watching, so <laughs> you don't have COVID. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and she told the doctor. She doctor told her to come in. She said, I'll come in, but you're not going to be testing me and then coming back and telling me I got COVID because I got the blood of Jesus protecting me. Amen. Amen. My mother's pretty bold in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. No matter what you do in life, no matter what you achieve, no matter what you acquire in life, nothing can take the place of fellowshipping with God. And developing a fruitful, everybody say fruitful, a fruitful relationship with him. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, you know, many people in the world are trying to fill the void that's on the inside of them. It's a void that every human being on this planet has. And they'll try to fill that void with, a, with either their career, maybe making more money, maybe uh, having more stuff. Uh, they'll try to fill it with all sorts of things. And to tell you the truth, there's only one thing that can fill that void, and that's God Almighty. When he created man and he breathed uh, into man's nostrils and man became a living soul, and we're going to talk about that in Genesis 2. But when he did that, he breathed a part of him in us, in every human being, that only he can fill that place. 
In my life, I tried to fill it with everything else. I tried to fill it with partying. I tried to fill it with drugs, alcohol. I tried to fill it with everything I knew to, that this world has to offer. But in the end, I was still miserable. In the end, I found out that Jesus was the only thing that could fill that void. Amen. When you discover the, that the greatest purpose in your life is to fellowship with God and to have an intimate relationship with him, I can tell you this by experience, that there's nothing more rewarding than that. There's no blessing greater than knowing that God has given himself just to have fellowship with you. Amen. Amen. Think about that. He wants to have fellowship with you, and he's done everything possible to make that a reality in your life. He forgave your sins at the cost of his dear son, his only begotten son. He forgave you. He's given us his holy word and the ability to access him through prayer. So on God's side, there's two sides to every covenant. How many of you know that? So on God's side, he's done all he can do to make a way, or better yet, to make it possible for me and for you to have fellowship with him. So then it becomes my responsibility and your responsibility to learn how to fellowship with him. Amen? It's also up to each of us. Listen to me now, to assign a value on what our relationship with God means to us. We assign that a value, that uh, value. No one else can assign that value for you. Miss Sarah can't assign to Jason his value of his relationship with the Lord. He's got to assign that, and vice versa. Amen. And if you assign a great value of fellowship, on fellowshipping with the Lord, then what are you going to do? You're going to go after him, aren't you? You're going to do what it takes. You're going to do your part to, to go after him, to, to, to seek him, to make him number one in your life. You'll make it a priority. You'll assign a high priority to that. And if you don't uh, assign a great value to it, guess what you're going to do? Everybody say nothing. And that's what many Christians do after they get saved. They don't do anything else. Amen. I'm not being critical. I'm just being honest. They don't do what it takes to build a relationship with God. They don't do what it takes to be, have a fellowship with God. Or they do very little. They'll talk about God with one another. How many of you ever done that? Amen but they're not spending personal time with him, getting to know him. It's not just about fellowship with the brethren. We all like the fellowship with the brethren. We have a great men's group here. I believe the ladies have a great, have a great ladies group, right? Amen? Amen? But it's not just about fellowshipping with one another. It's about fellowshipping with the Lord. Amen. Praise God that iron sharpens iron. Amen. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us that. But it's more than just you and I talking about God. It's about me personally talking to God and then taking the time to keep my mouth shut and listen to what he has to say. See, a lot of people talk to God, but then they don't want to listen. Uh-huh. 
Getting off of quiet in God's house. It's okay. I'm gonna, I may get you in deep, but I'm, I'm going to get you out of it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's about walking with God. It's about fellowship and getting to know Him. It's about me having a personal relationship with Him and making that relationship the number one, not number two, not number three, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but making my relationship with God my number one priority in my life. Hallelujah. I assign the value I put on my relationship with God. Amen. No one, absolutely no one can keep me, nor can no one, anyone keep you from having a relationship with God. Now, we know the enemy will bring all sorts of things against us and try to distract our, uh, us. Amen? Amen. If you're a Christian, you're going to get attacked by the enemy. And he's going to come and try to distract you from, so you won't fellowship with your heavenly father. Not only that, but on our own, we can get so busy with things and other activities that steal our time. But let me share something with you, my brother and sister. At the end of the day, <clears throat> you and I are the only ones that can assign the value to our relationship with God. Amen. And that value is not just w- w- with the words we speak, but the, that value is the actions of the time we give toward building a strong and lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. <clears throat> Let me ask you this question. At the end of your life, is there anything that will be more important to you than your relationship with God? No. Absolutely not. Let me ask you another question. If it will be that important to you at the end, don't you think it ought to be a, little, a tad more important to you now? Mm-hmm. Don't you think you're, that you should spend a little bit more time with God now uh, if you expect to spend eternity with Him? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. After all, having a relationship with God, with God is why we were created. Look at this in Genesis chapter 2. And again, I know we read this last week, but you know something? Faith don't come by heard, does it? It comes by hearing. And this is our foundation for what we're going to be talking about today, and that's how to fellowship with God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. And the, uh, the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a, a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now turn over to Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, talking about why God created man and why he wants uh, us to fellowship with him. It says in verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. They heard him walking in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. That's what the garden represents. uh, From the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I want you to understand and I want you to uh, 
know and remember what we talked about last week, just two little two things, and then we'll move on. It's from the beginning of time. God created man, every man, every woman, every child, to have a purpose. And that purpose is what? Everybody say relationship. Amen. Y'all were paying attention last week. The second thing I want you to remember is God created a special place where he would come to have that fellowship with his man. Back then, it was called the Garden of Eden. Today, it's called your heart. Today, it's called your heart. That's where he's going to come to fellowship with you. Amen. Amen. And, and, and just as a side note, just like he told Adam back then to guard the place where he would come to fellowship, he tells you, and haven't we taught on that, that you guard the place of your heart, that you guard your heart against the corruption that's in this world? Amen. Against the devil who wants to steal your relationship, wants to do everything he can in his power to keep you from having a relationship with God? You have to guard your heart. Amen? But it's in the heart of man that he comes to fellowship. Let's look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Now watch this. For you are the temple of the living God. Glory to God. That ought to make somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. And God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We sang that song this morning about being God's friend. Well, let me share something. You're not only God's friend, but you're his son, you're his daughter. Amen. Hallelujah. So God's original purpose for you and I was and is for each of us on this planet to know and walk in fellowship with him. Let's look at that. Let's look in Job chapter 7. And for all of our visitors, I give a lot of scripture. So uh, I fully expect you and encourage you to go back and read all, read the stories, the scriptures before and the scriptures after, and you'll get the full meaning of what God's trying to say. Amen? In Job chapter 7, and Job even brings this point out, he says in verse 17, he says, What is man that you should exalt him, that you should set your heart on him, that you should visit him every morning and test him every moment. See, back in the garden, he visited with Adam and Eve every day. Well, my brother and sister, I got news for you. He visits you every day. Amen. You may not know it because you don't give him time. Or you may give him time. Amen. But he visits every person every day. That's how good a God he is. Hallelujah. I want you to notice it says, What is man that you, Father, set your heart on him? In other words, God, why is your man so important to you? Why is Brother Roy so important to God? Why is Brother Jason or Sister Sarah or Miss Susan or Brother Jimmy or Brother Adam? Why are all of you so important to God? Amen. 
because he created you for to have a family. He created you to have fellowship with you. Hallelujah. I created them for fellowship. Now look at this in Psalm chapter 8. Now I'm going to give you some more scriptures that's showing you why God created you. Why God created man. Amen? Why God created you ladies. Or gave one, we gave up one of our ribs for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. That was a tough sacrifice, but somebody had to do it. And to be honest with you, we didn't have a choice. It was God's idea. <laughs> Hallelujah. But in Psalms chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. It says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Now here's that question again. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. That word angels right there in the Hebrew means Elohim or God. So he's saying that he has made man just a little bit lower than himself. Now I know people think that he's talking about Jesus. And he says right here, he says, let me finish this. He says, uh, that he's made him a little lower, the angel, uh, little lower than the angels. That's him himself. So he's saying he made him uh, a little lower than himself, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things under his feet. And right there is where a lot of people say, well, he's talking about Jesus. Well, if you go over in the book of Ephesians, it says, yes, Jesus, that God put everything under his feet. That Jesus is sitting at God's right hand. But then if you read on, and you shouldn't just read part of it, if you read on, you'll see that we're sitting right there with him. That when he raised Jesus up, he raised us up too. And when he gave Jesus authority, authority, when Jesus left the earth, he delegated that authority to us. He said it back in the garden in Genesis. Back in Genesis, I'll take you back over. He said when he created man, he said, I, I, and I give you dominion. Over all the things of this earth. I'm saying that for a reason because the Lord is putting on me right now that man ought to get out of this, uh, this doctrine or this uh, doctrinal mistake that says God is in charge of everything. I'm not being sacrilegious. God gave man dominion over this earth. Amen. Adam gave it away. Amen. But then when Jesus came back, he got it back. Hallelujah. And then he delegated it to his disciples. Not just the apostles. You go back and read it. It says, those who believe. How many believers do we have in here? We have the authority. We have the dominion. Amen. Jesus ain't going to come back and do anything for you until he comes back to take you out of this earth. Amen. We need to get a hold of that. We need to get rid of that doctrine that, that we are, we're praying to a God out there somewhere. What did he say? He said, I'm going to dwell in them. First John 4, 4 says, uh, for you are of God, little children, for greater is he that's where? In you, in me, than he that's in this world. 
Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody need to hear that this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So these scriptures I'm giving you speak of what, why God created you and I, that he is mindful of us. He wants us to have fellowship with him. That's why Jesus came. He didn't just come to restore what Adam had lost. He came to make a way for me and you, for you and I to really know who God is. He came so we would learn how to talk to God. He came to where we would learn how to yield to God, yield our lives to His will. He came to learn, uh, teach us how to uh, let God get involved in every aspect of our lives. Not just meet Him on Sundays. Not just meet Him on Wednesdays. But carry Him with you throughout the day. And it don't matter how old you are. You young people. Y'all need to learn to trust God in everything in your life. Amen? Amen. Think about it. How often do you ask God what he thinks about what you're doing? Got awful quiet in God's house. Do you ever just ask him, Lord, are you okay with what I'm doing? Are you okay with the decisions I'm about to make? Or do you make the decisions on your own and go about living your own life the way you want to? And then when troubles come, you start proclaiming the word and you start calling on God to come in and fix your mess. Amen. We need to call on Him first. You know, if we would spend more time seeking His face, He'd probably keep us out of a lot of trouble. Amen. God is always available to give us wisdom, to give us guidance and direction. But my brothers and sisters, it don't come automatically. You have to what? You have to ask for it. You have to ask for wisdom. Look at this in James chapter 1, verse 5, or just write this down. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of the pastor. Let him ask of his wife, his brother-in-law. No, it says, let him ask of God, who gives to how many? To all, liberally and without reproach. And it what? It will be given to him. If you ask for wisdom, and let me share something with you. I'm going to just get on prayer life for a moment. Your prayer life should not consist of your laundry list. Your list of needs and your list of stuff that you want God to do for your, you. Your prayer should be consistent of asking God for wisdom to get you through this life. Amen. To get you through your day. Hallelujah. God wants to be involved in our lives. He wants to meet with you and meet with me. He wants to fellowship with us every morning of every day. He wants to walk with us all day long. He wants to lead and guide us through every aspect of our lives. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit. Amen. To lead and guide us into all truths. Why does he want to do all this? So we don't make the mistakes that he knows is going to wreck our lives. If I, if so many times in my life, if I'd have just taken the time just to seek God, 
I wouldn't have had to suffer through most of the stuff that I've suffered through in my life. And you wouldn't have either. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just giving you the truth. I'm trying to help you this morning. Because we can stop the, the cycle today. We can get up in the morning where we can leave this place today and we never make another decision without talking to God first and asking Him what He thinks. And if you talk to Him, I guarantee you, unless the Bible's a lie, He'll talk back to you. Now, a lot of the times, we don't want to talk to Him because the answer's going to be no. Amen. Can I do this? No. Can I do that? No. Can I go here? No. I'm turning that TV channel off. I'm turning you off, God. Because I don't think you ought to be a restrictive God. I've heard this preacher on TV that says, your grace covers everything I do. So I ought to be able to do everything I want to, right? And there's a voice that'll come on the inside of them and say, yeah, that's great. You know what that voice is? Satan. Satan. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. It's a God, but it's the God of this world, not the God of heaven. Because right. the God of heaven is going to lead and guide you in His truth, in His way of living. Hallelujah. Look at what he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Um, you're already there, aren't you? Are we still in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Praise God. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Hallelujah. He wants to keep us from wrecking our lives. Now watch this. He said in verse 17, Therefore, come out from among them. Talking about the world. Talking about the worldly values. Talking about the worldly ways. Come out from among them and be ye what? Separate. Wow. You mean I can't look like the world? You mean I can't still go and hang out with the people I love to hang out with back when I was doing all those things? I don't know. You tell me. What's your Bible say? Mine says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Not better, but separate, says the Lord. And then watch this. He says, do not touch what is unclean. And look at this promise. And I will receive you. I will have fellowship with you. I will be your God. I will have a relationship with you. Look what he said, verse 18. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. We could just say in closing right there. But we're not going to. But I want you to understand that God is offering us, you and I, sonship and daughtership. Amen. In other words, he's saying, John, I'll just use me. John, if you'll make the decision to separate yourself from this world and not be worldly minded, but be more spiritually minded, then I'm going to be a father to you, son. And you shall be my son and I'm going to be your father. And he's saying the same thing to you. If you'll make a decision in your life to separate yourself from the sin and the corruption that's in this world, 
then he's going to be your father. He's going to come in and dwell with you and live with you. Amen? Hallelujah. That speaks of sonship. That speaks of relationship. Amen? Hallelujah. God wants to have a relationship with you. But it can only happen through your fellowship with him. It don't happen automatic. Now, let's talk a little bit, just a few minutes. Praise God, y'all are listening quick this morning. Praise God. <clears throat> quicker you listen, the quicker we get out of here. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's talk just a few minutes about how we can uh, or the ways we can fellowship with God. Number one. We, worship, uh, we fellowship with God through our worship. We fellowship with God through worship. Now, I don't know everyone in here, but I'm going to say this. Worship is not just a slow song. It's not a slow song. Worship <clears throat> is when I get alone with God or you get alone with God, and we, and we express to him that we love him. We express our love, our gratitude, our thankfulness to him. Not only for who he is in our life, but what he's doing in our lives. Amen? That's what worship is. It's when I get alone with him and I say, Father God, I worship you with all my heart. And Father, I'm so grateful and I love you. And I appreciate everything you're doing in my life. Father God, I'm so grateful and thankful that you saved me. Hallelujah. That you saved me. And right now, Father God, I thank you that I'm on my way to heaven. That if I suck my last breath right now, I'm going to be standing with Jesus. Hallelujah. And I thank you for that, Father. I thank you and I worship you and I honor you for my marriage, Father God. I thank you for a godly wife that you gave me, Father, to share this journey in my life. I thank you for healing my body. How many of you in here have been healed? Hallelujah. I thank you for healing my body and that I walk in divine health. I thank you for walking with me on a daily basis, Father. Amen. I thank you for talking to me and guiding me through my day, Father God, so I, I don't make mistakes that I used to make. I thank you for grace, Father God. I thank you for forgiveness that when I do fall short, Father God, that I can ask you to forgive me and you're quick to forgive. And when you forgive, all everything I've done wrong is uh, cast into the sea of forgiveness, forgetfulness. And I thank you for that, Father. And I worship you. I, I thank you and I worship you for the precious Holy Spirit who you gave to me to lead and guide me through this earth and through my life. Father God, I love you. I honor you. I give you all praise for who you are in my life. My brothers and sisters, that's what true worship is right there. Amen. And it don't have to be those exact words. But you've got to start thanking God for what he's doing in your life. Amen. That's what worship is. That's what he wants from you and I. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, to save you, save those who just got upset with me about that song business, worship can be a, a slow song. Amen. We all worship God in, with songs. Amen? We like singing the word to him. 
But a lot of worship is just you and I just getting alone with him and just talking to him. I told my mother this morning, actually she shared with me, she said, uh, baby, I just talk to him like he's my daddy because he is. That's what worship is, getting with him and talking to him, including him in your life. Hallelujah. Telling him how much you love him. How many of you can do that right now? Say, I love you, Lord. I'm nothing without you. Hallelujah. See, that wasn't that tough, was it? You just got through worshiping. Hallelujah. So number one, we fellowship with God through our worship. Number two, and this is the one I think is the meat uh, of everything we have in God. We fellowship with God through his word. We fellowship with God through his word. Look with me uh, at John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And we can fellowship with God through his word. I was so happy when I, I found this out. How many of you are happy that you find out you can worship God through his word? How many of you get it? Don't, if you don't raise your hand, I don't mind. But let me just share this with you. I get up every morning. With very few exceptions, I'll get up every morning and right after I kiss my bride of 48 years and get me a cup of coffee, I'll go into my office and I'll open up my word and I'll fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Every day. And it don't have to be a lot of scriptures. It don't have to be for hours on end. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, but you're a pastor. You you know, you got more time to do that. I got a job to go to. Well, get up 10, 15 minutes earlier. But your first of your day ought to be given to God. What's Matthew 6, 33 say? Come on, church. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what's it say? All things will be given unto you. All things. You want a good relationship with your wife? Get up and seek God in the morning. Amen. Amen. You want a good relationship with your children? Get up and seek God. You want to have your day go well on your job? Get up and seek God. Amen. 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 And then don't only seek Him in the morning. Take Him out the door with you. Don't close the book and put Him back on the coffee table. Get enough of the Word of God down on the inside of you where you carry Him all day long with you. Amen. There's been times in my life when I fellowship with Him in the morning and, and I'll get a scripture in my heart and then all day long, I'll be thinking, not all day long, continuously, but throughout the day, that scripture will come back into my head. And, I, and I'll ask Him, I'll say, well, God, what are you trying to show me on that? What you trying to, what you trying to tell me? Because let me tell you something. He's always talking. He's always trying to tell us something. Amen. And when I was doing bad, he was always telling me to stop. (laughs) But now he just gently leads and guides me through my day through the word that he gives me. Amen. All right. Fellowshipping with God has to be in spiritual things. Because that's what develops a deeper relationship with him. Look at this in John chapter 15. He says, I am, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, 
and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That means he corrects us. That it may be bear what? More fruit. Remember we talked about having a fruitful relationship with God. Amen? It says in verse 3, You are already clean because of the word. The word which I have spoken to you. Now look at this next word. Abide. That word abide means to remain. It means to continue in. It means to live. It means to dwell in. So it means, so he's saying, uh, if you dwell in me and I in you. What's he talking about? Relationship. Fellowship. Amen. If you dwell in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides and lives or dwells in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. That tells me right there, there's no life outside of Jesus Christ. There's a falsehood. There's a fake life. Kind of like the fake news where they lie to you all the time. There's a fake life out there. And I lived that life for many, 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 many years until I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then I, I found out what real life is. Hallelujah. It says in verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him or her bears much fruit. That means the fruits ought to be automatic if we're abiding in him. Amen? Isn't that what it says? It didn't say you might bear, much, bear fruit. It says you bear much fruit. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For what? For without me you can do what? Absolutely nothing. Hallelujah. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out like a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire. And they are burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. That word, that's plural, plural words. That means all of his word. Amen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, well, watch this, you will ask what you desire. I like that part. Everybody likes that part. How many like that part? How many of you like the part about you have to be abiding in him and him and you? A, lot, a few, one amen and a couple head shakes. <clears throat> says, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. In other words, <coughs> hallelujah, preaching me happy. In other words, if you abide in God, and his word is active, alive, and dwelling in you, that whatever you declare according to his word and according to his will, that will be done for you. 
Can I get an amen? amen? But I also want you to notice there's another side of that coin. It says that, uh, <clears throat> of course, we're talking about relationship. You have to have a relationship. Well, that's what all these scriptures are studying are telling us, that we have to have a relationship. <clears throat> but notice he says this. Uh, if you abide in me, not if you visit me, but if you abide in me, if you're, if you're living in me, and I'm living in you, which is relationship, then he says this. You'll get to a place, because it's not going to happen overnight. It's a process. But you'll get to that place where you start declaring God's word over your life, declaring God's word over your children. And then you'll start producing what? Fruit. But notice he also said, if a branch does not abide in me, that I don't have the time to read my Bible, Pastor. I got, I'm busy. I got things to do in my life. So I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to go to church. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got this planned. I've got that planned. Everything seems to be more important than God. That's what he's talking about. If you don't abide in God, you have no relationship. Hallelujah. Gotten getting awful quiet. But there's no, there's, you don't have time to spend with God, so there's really no relationship. You can't have a relationship if you don't make time for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here's what happens. And I want you to listen. This is coming from my heart. And I'm not judging anybody. But people, Christians, I'm not talking about people out in the world. I'm talking about Christians. I may be talking about some people in here that if you don't abide in God and you don't, he don't abide in you on a 24-7 basis, then you really don't have a strong relationship with him. And then when something happens in your life and troubles come, trials come, circumstances come, the devil comes, the storms come, the mountains grow bigger, and because you're a Christian and you heard your pastor say it, then you start automatically start proclaiming the word over it. Well, let me share something with you. You're proclaiming the word outside of a relationship because you haven't taken the time to build a relationship with God. So guess what's going to happen? Nothing. You're still going to have the trials. You're still going to have the troubles. I'm just telling you the truth from experience. You cannot juke or jive God. Amen. And just because you come to church on Sunday does not create a relationship in you. Amen. He wants a relationship out there. He don't want you just coming to church and, church and checking off the box. Yeah, I did church this week. Praise God, man. See you next Sunday, Lord. I'm just trying to help you, ladies and gentlemen. I've lived that other side of this life I'm telling you about right now. And I'm telling you, you do not want to live that life. You'll be butting your head against the wall forever. The only ones in Christ that become 
totally victorious are the ones who totally sell out to him. Amen. Amen. You haphazard give to him, he's, you're going to reap what you sow. Isn't that what the Bible says? We did a teaching on that. You'll reap what you sow. Amen. Luke 6.38 says the same thing. It says, by with, with what measure you give, you're going to be given too. See, everybody wants God to be a sugar daddy. They want him to give everything he's got, but all they want to do with him is give him a little lip service. I love you, Lord. Okay, I'll see you next week. And then going about and living their life the way they want to. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is a convicting message. But I'm telling you, if you'll let it convict you, and not let the devil come in and put condemnation on you, it's going to change you. It'll change you from who you are. And you'll start giving more of your time to God. Amen. Hallelujah. God said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. But there's a relationship going to be happening and established between me and you. And then when, that, when you start establishing that relationship, then son, daughter, you can ask whatever you want, and I'm going to give it to you. How many of you parents in here, if your kids do good, you give them a piece of coal? No, you give them a blessing, don't you? Amen. Hallelujah. You don't want to get on God's naughty list. Amen. Not that, he will, not that he's going to do anything bad to you because he's not the doer of bad. But it, establishing a relationship with him keeps the devil off your back. It keeps the devil out of your house. It keeps the devil out of your relationship. Amen. Sometimes, a lot of times in our lives, when Miss Brenda and I used to, a long time ago, uh, have a loud fellowship, one of us just had to eventually speak the name of Jesus. And as soon as we did, the devil left. Because he's not going to stay where Jesus is. Amen. Somebody in here needs to hear that. That when troubles start coming to you, you just need to say the name of Jesus. And then you need to ask him for forgiveness that you haven't been taking the time to establish a relationship with him. Amen. And it's not just about saying I'm sorry. It's about changing. Praise God. All right, let's move on. Hallelujah to Jesus. So, we fellowship with God through worship. We fellowship with God through His Word, studying His Word. Excuse me. And then number three is, is almost like number two. We learn and we to fellowship with God through meditation. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of meditation where you sit with your legs crossed and you touch the end of your fingers and you try to clear your mind of all the garbage. I'm talking about meditating on the Word of God where you just get along with Him and you, instead of emptying your mind, you fill it with His Word. Amen. Hallelujah. See, when you, when you do that other uh, form of meditation, and, and 
I used to be a part of that old cult. But when you do that, you're trying to empty yourself out of everything and get, become one with yourself. When you meditate biblically, you fill your heart and your mind with God's Word and you become one with Him. And that's going to do you a whole lot more good than that other. You want to be empty-minded or you want to be full of God-minded? Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm talking about biblical meditation here. Look at Joshua chapter 1. This is a very familiar scripture. Uh, most of us have quoted it many, many times. In Joshua chapter 1, in verse 7, it says, and this is God talking to Joshua. Of course, if you know the story, Moses died. Joshua took over. He was going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. So God speaks to Joshua, and he says in verse 7, he says, Only be strong and very courageous. Now, why would God say that? Because he knew what Joshua was fixing to come up against. He knew about the giants. He knew about the evil that Joshua was fixing to have to face. He knows what evil you're going to face every day. So you can take these words and just put them to yourself. Only be strong and very courageous. Now watch this. That you may observe to do according to some of the scriptures. Now that you may do according to all the law. Now the word law back then was the old covenant. That was the Ten Commandments. That's what they have. Today we have a new and better covenant with God. That's what Jesus brought. But just because Jesus brought a new covenant, covenant does not mean that the old covenant was done away with. We don't live under the law. We live under grace. But we still are not to commit adultery. How many of you know that? We're still not to kill or murder. Amen. So he says uh, that you are to do all according to all the law, which is the New Testament, which Moses, my service, commanded you. Now watch this. It says, do not turn from it. That word it there is do not turn from God's word. Don't turn from it to the right hand or the, to the left. Why? So you'll prosper wherever you go. Isn't that a good promise? What, pro what part of that promise did you not understand? How many of you like the part about prospering everywhere you go? Everybody likes to prosper, right? Amen. How many of you really like the part about you have to do all the law or all the word to do get there? Very few hands. Yeah, mine, mine was hard, you know, mine. Yes, we're all a work in progress. Let me share something with you. God knows your heart. He knows whether you're sold out to him or you're just giving him lip service. Amen. So it's a matter of the heart. But in our heart, we've got to be willing to say, God, I'm going to do everything you asked me to do. How many of you, my testimony was that. When, when, when he knocked me on my rear end on uh, Easter morning, 1997, 
And, and I had a talk with him, and I was talking intimately with him. And, I, and here's what I told him. I said, God, I know. And I'd been in church. I was a head deacon of the church. I taught Sunday school. The thing he showed me is, son, you might have been able to teach my word, but you wasn't living my word. You were living it on Sundays and Wednesdays, and then you were going off and living your life the way you wanted to the rest of the time. I don't know if God talks to you like that, but that's the way he talks to me. He said, I couldn't do any more with you because you wasn't willing to do anything else for me. Amen. It's not about teaching the word. It's about living the word. Amen. So when he knocked me off my beast, uh, my beast of pride, wanted to blame everybody, blame the woman he gave me, blame the church. Well, if they would praise and worship was better, I would be a better Christian. Well, if that guy hadn't sit in my chair, I wouldn't have got mad and left. Wouldn't got my parking place. Wanted to blame everything but myself for my troubles. So he knocked me off that beast of pride. And I said, Lord, I promise you, you show me in your word, your Bible, where I'm making, where I'm making my mistakes. I mean, you know God's a God that can't make mistakes. He thought he did one time. He thought he made a mistake when he made man. But then the flood, and he started over. <laughs> Amen. He, 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 had, he, he did. He said, I'm sorry I ever made man. I'm going to wipe them all off the earth. But Noah, who found grace or favor in the sight of God, saved humanity. Can you say amen? amen? But I told him, you show me, Lord, in your word where I'm making my mistakes, and I promise you I'm going to change. I suggest each and every one of you, and I encourage you to do this. You make that, you make that promise to God. But if you make that promise, fulfill it. Because then if you make an oath to God like I did, and you don't fulfill that oath, the devil can come in and have his way with you. Amen. So don't make it lightly. But I encourage you, every one of you, to make a, make a covenant with God that when he shows you something in his word that you need to change, that you'll change. Amen. Got one amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, I got two. But. All right. It says, do not turn from it, <clears throat> the word, to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper where you go. Look at verse 8. This book of the law, this book called the Bible, this book of God's word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to what? Do according to all that's written in it. What part of that do you not understand? That is a great promise from God. That is a covenant promise. He tells me, son, if you'll do what I tell you to do, then I'm going to do you what I do for you, what I've told you I'll do for you in my word. Hallelujah that I'm supposed to do all that's written in it, not just the parts I like, not just the parts that I agree with. I've had people say, well, I just don't agree with that. It don't make no difference whether you agree with it or not. It's the truth. I mean, 
How many, who likes against going up to a wall and just butting your head against the wall until it starts bleeding? That's what I see when I hear somebody say, well, I just don't read it that way. I just don't agree with that. Well, it don't matter whether you agree with it. It's the truth. The Bible says uh, let, that man's a liar and God can only tell the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. But we're to do everything God tells us to. Amen. For then. That's a conditional word. For then. You will make your way prosperous. And then. You will have good success. My brothers and sisters in closing. I want you to understand this. That God is speaking of a covenant relationship that he wants to have with every creation on this planet. Every man, woman, and child can have a covenant relationship with God. Matter of fact, most children have a deeper relationship with God than most adults because they ain't full of all the garbage until you fill them with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know that you teach your children whether you're gonna, they are going to have or not have a relationship with God. Amen. He's speaking of a covenant relationship that he not only made with Brother Joshua back then, but he's making that covenant relationship with you and I today, 2020. He's making that covenant relationship with you today. He's telling each and every one of you, if you'll just do what I ask you to do, then I'm going to go before you. And I'm going to make a way for you to prosper in everything you touch. Amen. I'm not talking about making money. I'm talking about prospering in the things of God. Amen. I'll prosper you. I'll see that your children get saved. I'll see that your family gets saved. I'll see that your, uh, every need that you ever had will be supplied for you. I'll see to that. Just do my word. Get in covenant relationship with me. Tell me every once in a while that you love me and you appreciate me. Amen. Get up in the morning and say, I love you, Lord. Thank you for putting breath in my lungs. Thank you for giving me the ability to read your word. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit that's going to guide me today. Thank you for your, uh, your mercy and your grace that saves me. Thank you for sending me somebody that I can share Jesus Christ with. That's having a fruitful relationship. He didn't save you just so you could warm a pew. Amen. What did he say in his word? Those who believe on me shall be saved. Those who don't believe will be damned. Everybody who believes will go into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature. Every believer will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Every believer will cast out devils. Amen. Every believer, not just the pastors. I can't come by your house and, and anoint you. I can, but I won't. Not when you have the ability to. I'm not going to come over to your house and do something that God wants you to do. He, he don't want me coming over and, and putting the blood of Jesus over your house. He wants you doing it. 
Because if I come over there and do it and I say, okay, we're going to anoint this house, because Satan, we command you to leave in the name of Jesus. You can, you can never turn, you can never come into my presence again. Well, guess what's going to happen when my presence leaves? And you go right back to doing everything you used to do. Come on back in, devil. He's gone. That's the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. You better get serious about God. In these last days, you're going to need to be getting a little bit more serious about God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. I can just keep going on. Hallelujah. You're welcome. I hope I preach somebody else in here happy. Woo! Glory to God. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Man. <laughs> Some glad morning when this life is over I'll fly away <laughs> to my home on God's celestial shores I'll fly away. Glory to God. Come, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we never, amen. Well, we never close out a service, praise God, without giving everyone under the sound of my voice. And those watching by uh, live stream or those in here today, we never, we never close out a service without giving everyone to either give their life to the Lord for the first time or rededicate their life to the Lord and start living for Him. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I praise God for the day that I did that. And it's been a good ride ever since. Hallelujah. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're watching by live stream this morning or you're in this place this morning and you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've just gone to church, but you've never really uh, committed yourself and committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, I want you to just slip a hand up and put it right back down. Hallelujah. God sees all those hands. Praise God. He's going to meet you where you're at because he wants to have fellowship with you. If you're in here watching my live stream this morning and <clears throat> you've given your heart to the Lord, but hey, just, just be honest. You're not living for him. You're doing what I just described to you that I used to do. And it don't mean you're not saved. It just means that you're not going to have fellowship with God and you can't just ask what you want. And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You want to give Him more of you. You want to go all in this morning and say, Lord, show me in your word where I'm making my mistakes and I'll change my life. If that's you this morning, you want to make that proclamation to God, if you would, raise your hand and put it right back down. There's hands all over this building. I know there's hands all over uh, the people watching by live stream. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I love you. I honor you. I know you're the God who created me. Father God, forgive me of my sin. I come before you this morning with a humble heart and an open mind. Fill me with your presence. 
I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. And because He came and died and rose again, I can have life and I can have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Dwell in me like you promised in your word. And I'll dwell in you. Show me in your word where you want me to change. And I promise right now that I will do it. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. I give you praise this morning. I worship you with my life. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Give the Lord a clap offering. I want to tell those watching by live stream, if you, if you gave your heart to the Lord this morning, rededicated your life, go to our website, uh, hillcountrycowboychurch.com. Download the resources that we have on there. They will help you to grow in your relationship with God and walk with Him. We ask that you uh, be blessed today and always remember this, that you serve a miracle-working God, so always expect a miracle. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.